This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 13. And uh, I'm going to read from my holy iPad real quick. And um, this is the Apostle Paul writing. And for me, when we approach Christmas as love, I don't want to, as a church, just look at the manger and the three wise men and the story of old. But I want to, together as a church, I want to look at the reality of Jesus at work in our life today. I want to encourage you, Jesus is alive and he is well. He is active and he is active in your life. And so it does us no good just to recount and retell a story of old. What will really do us good is to remind us Jesus is on the move. Jesus is a reality in your life. He wants to do something good. He wants to do something great. Come on, we can clap our hands right now. Just thank the Lord. He's doing something in my life right now. So this is Paul the Apostle. His words, he used to hate church. He used to hate God. But God got a hold of his life. And watch what he says here. Mercy kissed me. Sounds like some mistletoe got involved. Mercy kissed me. Even though I used to be a blasphemer, a persecutor of believers, and a scorner of what turned out to be true, I was ignorant and didn't know what I was doing. How many know right there that was middle school and high school right there? I was ignorant and didn't know, and some of y'all college too. Come on, let's be honest. I was ignorant and didn't know what I was doing. Verse 14, I was flooded with such incredible grace like a river overflowing its banks until I was full of faith and love for Jesus, the anointed one. I can testify that the word is true and deserves to be received by all. For Jesus Christ came into the world to bring sinners back to life. Even me, I like Paul, even me, the worst sinner of all. You know, I was captured by grace so that Jesus Christ could display through me the outpouring of his spirit as a pattern to be seen for all those who would eventually, potentially believe in him for eternal life. He ends this, verse 17, because of this praise, because of this, my praises rise to the king of all the universe who is indestructible, invisible, and full of glory, the only God who is worthy of the highest honors throughout all of time and throughout all of eternity of eternities. What's that last word? Amen. Amen. I don't know about you. That's just good reading right there. That ain't even preaching. That's just good reading. It's one of my favorite portion of scripture. Because in it, I really, and that's what I want to unpack today. I believe what Paul just described is God's plan for your life. This ultimately, what he just said, was what God wants to do in every one of us that's here in this service or watching on the stream. This is God's plan for our lives. So I want to pack this truth together. Write down the title of today's message. It's called The Overflowing River of Grace. I like that title, The Overflowing River of Grace. And I'm going to pray and believe that God will come and speak to us today. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you loved us 
and you died for us and you chose us. We are mindful today that you are who you say you are and you can do what you said you would do. Lord, we lift our eyes to you to see you, to behold your beauty. Show us how much you love us today. We thank you in advance for your plans for our life. And God, this year as a church, all we want for Christmas is for the Lakers to win the NBA championship. We thank you, Jesus. You are better than Santa Claus. So we thank you. You're going to deliver that in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, let's clap together, Zoe. Come on, if you got faith, Santa's not real, but Jesus is. But Jesus is. Um, I grew up in a, in a, in a family. My family loved to take trips. I grew up with a dad. My dad was always trying to bring us on adventures. And so uh, growing up, my dad used to throw all of us into our Ford Taurus, balling out. We would get in the Ford Taurus, and we would go on family vacation. Now, family vacation, I don't know what it looked like for you guys, but for us growing up, it was like we're going to spend three nights with the Johnsons, and then we're going to stay two nights, five-hour drive to the Smiths, and then we're going to camp for three nights, and then we'll just see what happens after that. Like, that was our two-week vacation every single year. So that was just how we rolled out in our household, in our home with my dad. I'll never forget one time I was in middle school, sixth grade, 12 years old, rough year. But nevertheless, we were uh, sixth grade, 12 years old, and my dad had it in his heart that he wanted to take our family on a river rafting trip. So my dad brings us all to the river, the Wenatchee River in Washington. It's a sunny day, rare occasion. Sunny day, we get there, and my dad starts to have the guide get us ready to go into the Wenatchee. Now, when I got there, I was like, Dad, I, we've never done this. I don't think this is a good idea, but you're the fearless leader, so let's go. So we get there. The guide's like explain, you know, real quickly, kind of like what to do. We get our vests on, and all of a sudden, within like two minutes, we are out on the Wenatchee rolling down the river. Now, I don't think any of us anticipated how fast this thing was going to be. I don't think my dad knew what he was getting himself into because when we got on the boat and the guy was like, all right, you guys are good, we were rolling down the river. Uh, we were moving fast. And so we're having a good time. You know, we're passing the Doritos around. I'm having a Mountain Dew. We're having a good good old time. Mom, my mom is Mexican. She's speaking Spanglish to us. We're having a good old time. We were having a great afternoon all the way up into the point when we were rolling down the river and we started to hear in the distance a noise. We started to hear we were approaching. Y'all hear that? We started to hear a waterfall. See, nobody told us we were going to go off a waterfall. So all of a sudden, we went from having the best family adventure together to freak out moment. Now, listen, I just take my cues from my dad. If my dad's good and he's settled, we're going to be fine. But when my dad started to panic, I started to panic. So I'm, I, I, when dad freaked out, I just start crying. My sister starts yelling hysterically. My brother's in fetal position. My mom, she's speaking Spanish, tongues, Ebonics, everything. She's just, I don't know what she's saying. Should have bought a Honda, came in a Mazda, all of it. So... So we're freaking out as a family. So as we're getting closer, my dad, he's like, we're about to go down. We're going to go off the waterfall. So we're freaking out. So my dad has the idea, let's get the raft over to by the, 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 the bank, by the, by the shore, because there's branches there. So we, we somehow get over to the side, but that was a bad idea because the mo river's moving so fast, we're just getting pummeled by branches now. So we're getting pummeled by branches. This is hysteric. People are hysteric right now. We are losing our mind. I don't know how 
this happened, but somehow I grabbed a branch, my dad grabbed an ankle, we somehow got this raft to shore. When we got to shore, we jumped out the boat. I was hugging people I'd never hugged before. Like, I'd never hugged my father before. I was like, wow, this feels great. This is amazing. Like, we're just, we're just like melt. We were like fully, like, you know, like that post cry, like, like we're going to die. Then when we walked along, like, it was just like a little while up in front of us when we got to the, to the, to the spot where the sound was coming from, it was a waterfall that was coming into the river. It wasn't like we were going over and we were like, oh, dang, we wish we would have known that. I was fine. You were, were you fine? I was fine. Like, if you bring it up to my family, even to this day, like, everybody, remember the rifting, rafting trip? Everybody's like this. Like, that was a dark moment in our family. But I want to convince you today that whether you're doing good or bad, you are on the river of grace. That God is so good. He is so faithful that it's not by your power and it's not by your might It's not by your religious duty. It's not by your behavior that you are caught up in the river and the rhythm of grace. Love what Paul said here in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13. He starts to lay out his faith journey for us to see. He says, you know, the first thing that happened was mercy kissed me. And mercy kissed me, which speaks of intimacy which speaks of drawing near. Mercy kissed me when I was what? He, he has the ability to call out who he used to be. He says, I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was, in other words, Paul has the maturity to be vulnerable before others, to be vulnerable before God, and to say, listen, God, he literally, mercy kissed me in the truth of who I was. Watch this, Psalm 85. I love this verse so much. Psalm 85, watch what David says. David says, your mercy and your truth have married each other. Your righteousness and peace have kissed each other. In other words, mercy has come to kiss. Mercy has come to embrace the true version of you. In other words, mercy's not trying, I'll I'll wait until you get good and ready. I'll wait until you get cleaned up. I'll wait until you know the lyrics. I'll wait until you download Pushpay. No, mercy said, I've come to embrace the broken part of you, the addicted part of you, the worst part of you. Anybody thankful today that God did not wait for you to get good and ready and all clean and Christian? He came and kissed you when you didn't deserve it. Mercy, mercy came and, and, and kissed the true part, the the ugly part of me, the, the insecure part of me, the broken part of me. God does not want to deal with the fake you. He only wants to handle the real you. He wants to come close. It doesn't say that you came close to God. It says God came and drew and kissed you. This speaks of Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Watch as it comes on the screens. Yet while God demonstrates his own love for us, that yet while we were still sinners, Mercy kissed us. Christ died for us. God chose us. It wasn't that I was good and ready. It was that God pursued me and loved me and hunted me down. Some people are clapping because they remember I was so bad, he was so good. God God kissed you when when you didn't love yourself. God God came close to you when you didn't want anybody. You ever be in a place where you don't want anybody to get close to you? I, I, I drink a lot of coffee. I love coffee. One of the things about coffee drinkers is coffee drinkers are always aware of their breath. 
Coffee drinkers always like, hey, it's good to see you. <laughs> if you drink coffee, you willingly choose to be a gum guy. So socially, everywhere I go, I'm like, hey, do you have a piece of gum? you have a piece of gum? Hey, in your purse, do you have gum? In your, do you have a purse? Hey, my man, you got gum? You got gum? I'm a guy at the party. You have gum? Anybody have gum? Hey, can somebody, hey, anybody can get me a piece of gum? And God's so good that he says, when you were, when you didn't want anybody to get close to you, mercy kissed me in the, I like the way he says it. He actually says, when I was ignorant and I didn't know what I was doing. Write that down, number one today. Mercy kissed me when I was ignorant and did not know what I was doing. Which, by the, by the way, the definition of sin is doing what you should know that you shouldn't do. Some of us don't even know the sins of the Bible. I didn't know I couldn't do that. I didn't know I couldn't touch that. I, could, I didn't know. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were telling me about some stuff in their life, and I was like, yeah, the Bible says we don't do that. And he was like, I didn't know. One of the things about being ignorant, one of the things about living in sin is that you and I could admit I was doing things I didn't even know I wasn't supposed to do. So Paul says, I was ignorant. I was doing things I, I had no clue but mercy was so good, they rocked up, found some mistletoe, and said, let me kiss you. Let me embrace you. Let me embrace the filth and the worst and the, the painful part of who you are. I, I am not a God that is afraid of your pain. There's nothing too dark in your world that I can't, nothing you've touched, nothing you've said, no, no place you've been would ever make me cast away my presence. I come close to embrace you. So mercy kissed me when I was ignorant and didn't know what I was doing and then immediately flooded me with grace and put me on this river. What kind of river, what does the river look like? Look in verse 13. Watch how Paul describes this transaction. Mercy rocked up and kissed me. And then immediately, what did it do? It, I was flooded with such, verse 14, I was flooded with such incredible grace like a river overflowing its banks until I was full of faith and love for Jesus. So all of a sudden, this is what I believe about God's love. God's love is overwhelming. God's love will flood you. You may stand there going like, I don't deserve it. God, you, you don't, don't, don't be that good to me. God will flood you and put you on a river of grace. And all of a sudden, you're going down the river. Doors are opening, opportunities, relationships, creativity. You're going, God, I don't deserve any of it. Come on, has anybody found the grace of Jesus Christ to be better than you ever deserved and greater than you ever imagined? Come on, clap your hands and thank God. Jesus is grace. So he says, I was, I was flood, I was flooded by grace. I was fl I love this, the word flood because it speaks to the fact that God, our God's river is not meager. It is not limping. It's not trying to get by. It's wild. It, it's overflowing over the banks. You'll get flooded by the grace of God. I love the reality of this because this last week we, I've been driving my son. We are staying right now in Calabasas. So I'm driving my son every morning from Calabasas to Westchester. It's awesome. I'm having so much fun. It's great. I'm fine. <laughs> and so the other day when it was raining, we were on our way down to Westchester, the two-hour drive, and on our way down, my son wanted to take Topanga Canyon. So we're driving, he likes how windy it is. And so it's rainy, it's, you know, we're going to the canyon, and there's all kinds of mudslides and rocks in the roads, and, you know, we're driving down, and then my phone went off, and usually that warning that, that sound, I know it because it's like, you know, look out for this car. Someone's been kidnapped. I know that 
that warning, but this time it was for floods. Warning of floods. And I want to tell somebody today, just a heads up, a flood is coming your way. And it's not a flood of guilt. It's not a flood of shame. It's not a flood of condemnation. Come on, Zoe. It's a flood of grace. Grace is going to overwhelm you and take you. I wish somebody would clap like you believe it. Like you know the grace of God will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You're not that cute. You're not that talented. It is all grace. In fact, write down number two. I am caught in a flood of grace. I'm going down this river. You can't stop grace. You cannot stop what God's already made his mind up to do. You cannot stop the blessing and the favor of God. You cannot stop the unforce, the unstoppable force of grace. When God wants to bless you, he'll bless you big. When God wants to promote you, he'll promote you beyond your wildest dreams. You can, it's a flood. It will overtake you, overwhelm you, take you down a river going, I don't know how this is. Woo! Instead of being crying with tears of panic, you'll be crying with tears of joy, tears of freedom, tears of excitement, tears of I can't believe how good. Somebody praise him right now like you've been in a flood, like you've been in a river called grace. Grace will take you places you never thought you'd go. Grace will open up doors you could never open yourself. Grace will do things for you. You slap somebody going, I don't know how this happened. I know how. I know what I used to be. How I got in this, how I got bombarded and flooded with grace. My boys on Friday, we watched um, Cloudy with a chance, chance of Meatballs. It's awesome. I love being a parent because right now I can get to watch all those movies, you know. And so, but I love that story because, you know, this kid it makes this invention and, and, and then all of a sudden it's, it's you know, it's, it's raining food. Awesome. And, and, but then it, it gets out of control and it's like raining massive portions and the people are afraid because it's too big. God's not trying to keep you barely limping by. He's trying to overwhelm you with his truth and his love. And you get on a rhythm and you get on a river called grace and grace will do things in you and through you that you never dreamt, never asked for, never imagined. Things will happen. You go, I didn't even pray for this. It's grace. Religion always points itself back to itself. It always says, you know, well, I've been fasting. I've been praying. I've been reading. I've been, I've been sacrificing. I've been disciplined. But grace will say it's all Jesus. In fact, mercy kissed me and found me in my worst place. I like Paul because Paul... Can all, he always talked about what he was, but he never glorified who he was. Some of us need to stop making such a big deal about our past. I don't like being around that guy's like, oh, you know what I used to do? You know what? It's like, bro, chill. We know you went to Vegas one time. Stop. <laughs> you ain't that cool. We don't glorify our past. We glorify our God. Yeah. Hey, so he says, you know, mercy was so good. And, 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 and changed me, drew near to me, and flooded me, overwhelmed me with grace, put me on this river. All of a sudden, it's like things are taking off. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm here for the ride. The faith journey is about getting in the river of grace and watching God do things in you and through you. You, ne you never dreamt of it. It's called the river of grace. So he says, when I was on the river of grace, 
one of the telltale signs that you are in grace, encountering grace, is watch what Paul says. He said, then I found my life full of faith and love for Jesus. Because religion and the law will make you full of self-righteousness and a love for law, religion, but when you encounter grace, it will make you full of faith and it will make you full of a love for Jesus. Write down number three today. God wants to fill me with faith and he wants to fill me with a love for Jesus. Now I love faith so much and faith, let me just adequately describe to you what faith is so you understand. Faith is three things. Faith is trust, faith is belief, and faith is confidence. What God is trying to graduate your faith to become is a greater level of trust, a greater level of belief, and a greater level of confidence. What you need for 2019, what you need for what God's about to do in your life this next year, you need a whole nother level of confidence in God. You need a whole nother level of trust in Jesus. You need a whole nother level of belief that does not come to you by force that comes to you by grace so i don't get to another level of faith by going like man i'm just gonna work i'm gonna believe more no the work of christians is receiving more so the more i receive the rhythm of grace the more i receive the river of grace the more i receive a what did he say and god made me full of faith god will fill your faith tank god will fill your belief tank god will fill your confidence tank so you say i just believe this next year i believe for my business i believe for my family i believe for my children i'm believing for my church i'm believing for my health i'm believing for my bank account is there anybody here today that is full of faith give him a praise right now and thank Jesus so I'm full of faith I'm full of faith who made me full you can't feel your only grace can fill you I'm full of faith and a love for Jesus this is the telltale sign that you have encountered the person Jesus Christ because when you encounter grace you're so in awe of him and you are not in awe of yourself. Religion and the law will always be like, look at what I created. Look at what I've done. But grace will say, I believe in you and trust in you and have so much confidence. You are who you say you are. You will do what you said you would do. But beyond my faith, I am full. I'm in love with you, Jesus. I'm in love with the cross. I'm in love with the birth. I'm in love with the resurrection. I'm in love with the reality. You're my prophet. You're my priest. You're my king. You are my soul sufficiency. I love, I don't know about you, but this next year, I want to believe in him more and love him more. Like nothing, a part of me is like, I'm not going like, you know what? I think I'm good. I think I just, let's just stay here. My faith's pretty strong. And let's be honest. I love Jesus. No, the more I go down the river of grace, the more I am shocked with how much I have room to grow in my faith and I still want to love him more and more. If you're here today and you say, you know, I want more faith in my life. I want to love Jesus more. You cannot do that by striving. You can only do that by receiving. What do you receive? A kiss from mercy. What do you receive? A flood of grace. You get on that river and all of a sudden, I'm telling you, you watch your life. You just go, I don't know why, I just, I believe. I believe like I've never believed before. Yeah. I'm in love with Jesus this year more than I've ever been in love with Jesus. Some of you know what it means to fall in love with Jesus. God wants to do it all over again in your life. Wow. 
Isn't that beautiful? So watch the pattern. He's laying out God's plan for your life. He goes, mercy kissed me and found me when I was, well, I was just the worst. And flooded me with this grace. It was like a river of grace. The water was flowing over the banks. This is a rapid river. And he did all of these things to fill me with a faith and a love for him that I never knew I could have. Someone like me. How could I love Jesus and trust in Jesus that much? And then he gets to the part that I think some of us miss in our faith journey. Because a lot of us go like, I get it. He loved me when I was broken. He's better than I deserve. But the last part to me is really the sealer of what Paul the Apostle is talking about today. Worship team, you can come join me. Because he says this. He didn't just call me and he didn't just redeem me, but he transformed me. And he actually put my life on display for all to see. In fact, write that down. This is God's plan. God's plan is that I'm called, redeemed, transformed, and on display for all to see. If you wonder, what's God's plan? Oh, I wish Drake was here. God's plan, God's plan. I'll hold back sometimes I won't. Uh, might go down as Z-O-E. I got four kids. I can say whatever I want. Like, if I want to throw a dad joke out, I can do that. Might go down as zero. Anyways. This is God's plan. God's plan is that he calls me out of darkness and into light. God's plan is that he calls me by name. Before you called on the name of the Lord, God was calling your name. He was calling out, I've got a plan for you. I love you. I died for you. I'm obsessed with you. The call of God. God called me first. And then what did he do? He brought me out of this pit and he redeemed my life. The brokenness. He redeemed me. He put me back together. Not so that I can look the same, but I'd be better than I ever was before. So he calls me, he redeems me, and he transforms me. This is called the transformation of redemption. That we do not serve the God of behavior modification. We serve the God of life transformation. He has come to change us and change us from the inside out. Religion changes your outside. Grace changes the inside. He changes my cravings. He changes my desires. He changes my perspective. He changes my premise. He changes my paradigm. He changes every nook and cranny of who I am until I look like the son of man, the son of righteousness, Jesus Christ himself. He has come to call me and redeem me and transform me. Some of you are wondering, does God still change me? I've been going through this season. I've been going through this issue. God is at work in your life, and he will not leave you high and dry. And my Bible says he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. You just stay in the raft. You just stay in the river. God's going to do a work in you. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind can conceive the things that God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Somebody praise God. He's at work. He's at work. He's at work. He's going to call you. He's going to redeem you. He's going to transform you. You cannot change yourself. You can try all you want. You can try and quit the addiction. You can try and say no to the relationship. You can try and not go there. But you can't change yourself. Only God can transform a life. So he calls me, redeems me, and transforms me, not so that I can hide out in the back and go, yeah, he did all these things for me. It's great. Whether you like it or not, the plan of God is to put your life on display 
so your neighbors can see it and your family can behold it and your co-workers can view it and it is a testimony not of you but it is a story of how good the gospel is he said I think God did this in me I was the worst of the worst of the worst of the sinners and mercy came and kissed me and grace overwhelmed me and I think God did this in my life to put me on display to prove to the world if God can change somebody like me he can change you he can change your family he can change your business is there anybody am I preaching to that hears my sound and my voice that would say I know that the grace of Jesus is good enough to take my life I wonder if we could get over ourselves enough to make it about the gospel and not about us. To say, Lord, if you want to put me on display, that's your business. God's not asking you to put yourself on display. It's just he does such a mighty work on the inside. And everybody that encounters you goes, wait a second. I knew who you used to be. Who's this? What did God do in your life? This is not fake. This is not phony. This is not contrived by man. This is not a church that did this. Maybe God is real. This is God's plan. This is how God changes the earth. This is how God spreads his good news. This is how the gospel goes forward. One person at a time. Kissed. Graced. Changed. On display. Next. does it over and over again so many of you go back to your thanksgiving table back to christmas table and you sit there and you're like i've changed i'm not who you guys think i used to be but you don't even have to say it people sense it they know it without you trying there's substance there's authenticity there's clarity in your eyes your spirit is different your countenance is different and all of that you didn't do God did it it's the overwhelming river of grace you get caught up in it you're like where are we going I don't even know but I'm just glad I'm not where I used to be I'm glad I'm not stuck in the mud same old person same old negativity same old bad thinking habits same old friends I'm on this river, and I got to admit, I don't care where it's going because I'm full of faith, and I have a love for Jesus. Amen.